welcome back to the No Ratings Podcast. As you can see from the title, it's that time again. And I've said many times that the No Ratings Podcast sometimes can be seen as a, a bit of a therapy session for people. And I feel there's certain people in the conversation today that need a therapy session. And there's one that hasn't made it today. Lives, I'm looking at you, bro. I spoke to him last night and he said, I'm definitely going to be on the pod. I'm definitely going to be on. You let me know. Then he said, his sister's taking his laptop to uni, so he can't do it. I went, it's fine. Get your phone. We'll find a way. He's like, I don't really fancy my phone. I was like, all right, you've bottled it. You've bottled it. And I feel like that, that there's a couple of words in that sentence I've just said that might be used a few times in this episode. Not by me, because I don't have that belief. Um, but it is, of course, the Arsenal crisis intervention. We're talking about 24 hours after they just lost uh, 3-0 to Brighton. And the title is essentially over. Uh, joining me, we've got two people on their debuts. And normally we do like a big introduction for debuts. But honestly, today I just want to talk about what's just happened. Uh, and our regular, our veteran, our Jorginho, Babs is here. Uh, Babs, how are you, bro? I think I'm better than Jorginho, but I'll take that anyways. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm feeling... You weren't saying that after Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, Jorginho has his days as well. But uh, yeah, I'm feeling um, I'm feeling better. Uh, to, to be fair, I wasn't that depressed yesterday because I kind of accepted that we weren't going to win the league after Southampton. So even though yesterday was a bit of a dagger because of the result more than the actual, you know, where, where it leaves us, um, yeah, it just is what it is. It kind of just we were kind of delaying the inevitable at one stage, and would have liked to have seen it taking it right towards the end of the season. But you know, it was going to be heartbreak at one point, anyways, because I just knew City were just going to fly away, especially after the Everton game. Yeah, you were ready for that heartbreak. I, I I sensed it as well. You know, like there's certain people I follow on Twitter that I know that they're not. Oh, Matt said I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> I can't talk about this. <laughs> if you li- if you're listening. Um, you'll have no idea what I'm talking about, but Matt is in the conversation and he's just dialed out. Like, the moment after Babs finished talking, he's like, I don't want to speak about this. Um, he's going to dial back in in a second. Matt has no idea what I said about him whilst he hopped out. Uh, so I'll let you know, Matt. We all essentially decided that you ran off. You didn't want the conversation. You didn't want the heat before it even started. Um, how are you feeling, man? Mixed. Uh, not amazing after yesterday, of course, but it's kind of just delayed the inevitable at this point. And uh, also welcome to the pod. Like, I, I wish this could be in nicer scenarios, but uh, listen, game's a game. Liv's dropped out and uh, we, we had to bring someone in and you, you're going to, I assume you're going to do a stellar super sub job, unlike some of the subs that happened in the last game. I've got to stop doing this because I'm actually not even opposed to Arsenal. I'll be real. The, the tweets I've been putting out today, I've been more on side with Arsenal. But the reason I've got Hass in is because I feel like we needed... We needed the yin and the yang, and I feel like you are definitely going to supply the other side. You're, you're a bitter fella, but how are you? <laughs> nah, it's not bitter. I've just got experience in the matter. It's happened to me twice. Actually, three times to the same club, Man City. I'm here to give a, you know what I'm saying, experience to you. But Wait, nice uh, for those that don't know, he's rocked up in a Liverpool cap. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, like he's a um, club or something. <laughs> <laughs> Personalised. Yeah, he thinks he's signed. him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually signed? No, it's not, but it will be. Oh. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, right, uh, before we hop into that, I've, I've, we've got an icebreaker, and it's, a, it's an awful one because none of us are involved in this icebreaker at all. Um, but for those that don't know, Matt and Hass, more specifically, I assume you've listened to the podcast, and if you haven't, then uh, you'll never get invited back again. Um, but we have an icebreaker at the top of the episode that we get you guys to answer and give your thoughts on. Uh, pick the greater treble. I'm so sorry. Manchester United or Man City, if they are to complete Man City, the treble. Man City, Man City. I, I'm, I'm not giving United any credit. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so I'm so heartbroken <laughs> as it is. I'm not giving United anything in this. Man City. 
Yo, I'm, even yeah, though yo, they've been our rivals on the pitch this year, I'm going to give Man City their props because they've just done a job. And I think they've actually, it's not just that in terms of like, the men's football, but women's football as well. And I think even across in terms of under-18s, under-21s, that across the entire board, City have dominated. So yeah, United's treble, look, I wasn't even born for that. So I can't even comment on that. I'm that young. So yeah, I'm going to go City's treble just because I want to run that agenda that Manchester is firmly blue. And when you talk about London, focus on your own ends, bro. Unless you are from London, of course, and United fans from London, we know we all know about them. But yeah, Manchester, Man City. I can't say too dissimilar. It has to be. It has to be Man City. <laughs> Even though I, mean, I, I wasn't United, there to witness either. Like, so. Bro, do you know what it is right? I, I'll tell you what. I, I look at it in the sense of if we don't win the league to a treble winning team, I can go. Yeah, you know what? Say that you, you were you were a very good side. We, 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 we fell short against one of the all-time great teams. I don't want to fall short against like the, the Leicester team in 15-16 or that type of team there. City are a very good team. and I think, like, what was it last year? They had 94 points, City, or was it 93 last points? Last year, 93, 93. They're, on course, to having a better league campaign in terms of points. 94, yeah. But then you we would have had to win to... the Champions League before you. I, listen, I've not really got a rivalry with Man City fans, I'll be honest. I really don't. I don't, I don't know many Man City fans yeah, either because I'm not from Manchester. So the only fans that I really have clashes with is Chelsea, uh, United and Spurs. Not even Liverpool that much, to be honest. Like, I don't really yeah. hate Liverpool as a club. Uh, but yeah, I go Man City because of just how dominant they have been towards the end of the season. And They're about to go, what, 16, 15 wins in a row at the end of the season. Which teams do that? They've just pulled a plug at the end of the season when it's really mattered as well. Like They've just hit a run of form, which, to be honest, I think a lot of people including potentially City fans, thought that they weren't actually going to get into that run of games, but they're going to go Most win 14 in a row. It's so. not the same team. Haaland's made them worse, all these other narratives, but City always do this. I remember us, I think it was the 18-19 season, we won 13 of our last 13 Premier League games and we still didn't win the league because they won 14. That's This is the level we're dealing with. Like Man City are just a machine. And for me, I don't want them to do the trouble, to be honest. The Champions League, they can have the FA Cup. I want them to beat uh, United in the final. But the Champions League, nah, they can't. <laughs> I need Inter Milan to win that Champions League. <laughs> I, th- I think the reason it's really difficult to compare, and I personally think the same, actually, because I was alive when Man U won the treble. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a team that does what City are doing now. As in, like, they take on Everton, and honestly, even me as in this title race and neutral, I'm going... I don't mind Everton winning, you know, like I want it for the race or even a draw. Liverpool fans are going to hate me for that. Um, Absolutely but... not, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like the reality is they're probably going to stay up anyway. So you may as well do the title race a bit of a favour. Like, I love the narrative and Everton were mixing it with them. And I was going, oh, this is there. They're on for a game. Here. And then Gundogan just scores some like silly goal. And you just sat there going like, it's just, just on like you can't account for this. I was just saying before you start recording, Gunnar's not even a free kick taker, and he's betting a free kick in the top corner. So it's like he was even supposed to take. Can... Yeah, exactly. And it's like... an actual free kick taker. He was there. <laughs> then he just said, "Fall off." Let me just switch it up. Gunnar, yeah, and, and, you... <laughs> and he just bent That's what I mean. They've got this like, like this repeat uh, mentality of winning, and they're not bothered, obviously. But then on top of that, I've been having this debate all day, and we are gonna we may as well get into it now. To be fair. Um, that City just have a lot of resources, and that's the reality of it. Like you, I don't think they've got the biggest squad, but they've got the most talented squad. Like you, they take out Grealish yesterday. Foden comes in, who's apparently the best youngster in English football at the moment, and some people think the world. Um, you take out uh, 
De Bruyne, and I think they brought in well, was, Alvarez, uh, Julian Alvarez, Alvarez yeah. who's, who's actually, obviously not to De Bruyne's level, but he's still unbelievable. And on Arsenal's terms, you bring in Jorginho, who has an amazing game against Newcastle, and then drops a, a, a bit of a stinker against Brighton. But that's the level of footballer that he is, I think, anyway. I don't know if you guys disagree. No, the way the way I look at it, you're right. Man City have squad depth, and that's perfectly fine, by the way, because they've had six years under Guardiola to get to the stage. Arsenal are in year three of Arteta and the first year of a proper title charge. Um, so the word bottling sounds great for the narratives, you know, that's what people want to see, bottling, and that's fair enough. But the reality is Arsenal have fallen short because we're not perfect. And there's a reason behind that. It's because we don't have the level of players to call upon like Man City do. Um, the experience they can call upon in these moments as well. And the quality at times. But it, I think it goes down to squad depth. I think with Saliba and the team, we were on course for a 94 or 93-point season. And even that might not have been enough because that's how good Man City are. So, yeah, at one stage we were eight points clear. That's fair enough. But teams have been, I mean, eight points clear at later stage of the seasons and still not won it. I mean, Ferguson United, I believe, in uh, was it 11-12 were a similar points clear in April. And, and they still didn't win the league title. So it's yeah. happened before. Um, but I could see, you know, the narratives. It's fair enough. It's football, isn't it? Football fans want narratives and they want a, a story and they think Arsenal have, have bottled it here. But when City, when they treble, they realise these guys actually have really great t- side as well. I think that's so the problem like we've got. You, but, like, the issue is some, most Arsenal fans, like, they're the first ones to call out Spurs when Spurs are doing the bottling. <laughs> even though, if you actually check the title races, Spurs were never top. Like, Leicester were top. I think even Arsenal were top. In that 15-16 uh, season, more than uh, yeah, Spurs. Yeah. But then at the end, they will be like Spurs bottled it. Even the Champions League final against Liverpool, like we were probably 80-90% favourites, but then Arsenal fans will come out. So then I think you can't have your cake and eat it. If you're going to be 12 people... I'm firmly saying... I'm saying in the, the Arsenal fan base in general. No, I'm fair. firmly saying you can call us bottle jobs because I, yeah. I don't expect rival fans to have context for Arsenal. That's just not how football works. I yeah. expect us to be called bottle jobs. But in the case of Spurs... I mean, they've bottled every single final since 2008. Yeah. <laughs> have won a league title since 1960. So if we're going to call some bottle jobs, I think they might be the guys. I think it's just become the universal narrative that they're bottle jobs now. Not even with like reasons per se. It's just, oh, they it's haven't won silverware, so they're bottle jobs. But It's because of Chiellini as well. Like That's that's not even Arsenal related. Yeah. That's like, the entire yeah. world believes this. Not just Arsenal fans. It is, the world believes that Spur- the history of the Tottenham, that he means is that they're bottle jobs. <laughs> that's exactly what he's referring to. Yeah. I wasn't defending Spurs, by the way. I just had to make a point. Very hard to defend Spurs. If you were, then lucky. <laughs> the way you easily just tipped into an Italian accent, just to go straight back to your London accent. Yeah, you know, I've got I, didn't, I, I was I was unfamiliar with the game, my friend. Um, let's let's recap a little bit. Where do we think it went wrong? Um, Hassel, I'll come to you first because you've yeah. been experienced in a title race before. And obviously, like, we're all saying squad depth and Gary Neville says it wasn't Saliba and etc, etc. What do you think, having been in this situation before? For me, it was the West Ham game. Like People can talk about the Xhaka. Like, I see that narrative always on social media and stuff, the Xhaka decision. Uh, but for me, it was all it was all on that West Ham game, especially that Saka penalty. I think the game was 2-1. If he was scores that, that's 3-1. And for me, the momentum just... Because after the next game, I think it was Southampton, another draw. They, they, if if they win, if they want to get Southampton, they would have won that Southampton. Uh, if they want to get West Ham, they would have won that Southampton game. Then they're going into the Etihad, confidence. You know, what I'm saying they even can take a draw. They don't even need to go gung ho. So, momentum or the ripple effect, whatever, would have been completely different. So for me, it's all on that West Ham game. Nah, do you know and what? Holding as well. Go on, go on. That it's not just a West Ham game though, because I'm pretty sure if we win both West Ham and Southampton, we'd be still behind Z. So. 
I don't know. We'd still be behind City. But that's because of the Etihad, isn't it? I think the I real thing think is the fact that Arsenal... No, I think the real thing is that Arsenal have had zero points out of six against Man City. That's the real problem. I saw a stat that I think Arsenal actually have more points against the other 18 sides than Man City do. But because they have the six points against Arsenal, they have this massive advantage on us, which right now is four points. So I just think right now, next year for Arteta, it's all about targeting, cool, how can we go and beat Man City? Because I'll tell you what, in the first game against Man City at the Emirates, we gave them a game. And we could have won that game if we were taking our chances, but City were opportunist. Second game, Pep Guardiola outclassed Arteta in the first half. But that's the goal next year. It's just to close the gap on City by beating City. And then, you know, if you can beat Man City, you gain a whole load of confidence going like, we can beat the best side in the league, potential treble winners, right? You can beat that team there, then why can't you win the league title? I think the problem is you become too mentally, or our players have become too mentally fixated on Man City. So the second game... Of course, holding was a massive reason. And there were other reasons as well. I mean, it goes without saying when you change your dynamics, but it completely affected everything. But obviously, as has said about the West Ham game with complacency and obviously the penalty as well. But I just think it was playing on their minds for so long, that City game, that the running was affected a lot more than it should have been if we weren't to have played City, which is, I guess, a mental worry in a sense, but hopefully one which will be improved on. I think, and I feel like, I feel like a lot of people have forgotten about this one. I think it was the FA Cup game. I think they t- you, uh, Arteta tinkered to take on City. City tinkered a little bit. City beat you. And, I, and I've been in that situation where Liverpool have drawn City in the Champions League. And getting momentum over City is the biggest thing in the world. Because I think, like, if you think about United season, when they had momentum, that's when they made this charge for the title. Lol. Um, but like now, now that momentum's gone, they're they're all over the shop. With Liverpool and City, is the same. They're winning game after game because it just becomes robotic. It becomes like habit. The moment you lost them in the FA Cup, they immediately kind of went ah, like we've got them. And that was that was when they were playing terribly as well. Well, not terribly. They weren't playing very well. I think immediately you lose that game and Pep and and Kogo, nah, like at some point they're going to choke against someone else. Um, and I think also it builds like a, a, a mental block because when you took them on at the Etihad, you completely had stage fright. I was at the game and I was like, yeah, these lot are not going to win. I was like, whatever happens, you're not winning this game. Even if City play in second gear, which I think they actually ha- did in the end, they played well. But I mean, if you if you think back to like City-Liverpool games in the Premier League, both teams were at like 99.9% and it was like, which team's going to win because they're, they're ever so slight bit better. Arsenal-City games this season have been... City have been at 60 and Arsenal have been at like 40. Like, you've never actually been able to take the level to them. Can I ask you a question, though? Is in um, 1819 or 1920, I believe, what was the first big game you had against them? Was it back in 1718? Or was it 1819, actually? Um, that game in the Etihad where they won, I believe, 2 1 with a Goro goal. There was a proper foot game of football that was. Did you yeah. have, Liverpool, did they have their entire starting 11? Like, were there any key injuries? What, for Liverpool or for yeah, City? For Liverpool. I think Lovren played. Yeah, Lovely. that was before Liverpool were in, like, and I think Arsenal are the same. You're in you're in a position where you're probably going, we can still improve here, here, and here. Liverpool are in that position, I think. But in terms of that first 11, I think what I remember, I think... That's it. I'm talking about the game, when Trent switched it for Robertson and then he cuts it back for me. Yeah, that mad yeah, goal, like yeah, one yeah, of those goals of the season. Because if you see that, that Aguero goal, where he took it around the corner... Yeah, smashed it. And he just smashed oh, it. Oh, yeah, that near post. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, actually, that was Sunny. Sunny won that game, no? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think they won it, but Aguero... No, the same game, the first goal, Aguero scored. Yeah, yeah, well, he took it on a half turn, yeah, and then smashed it, roof of the net. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, 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 right. That was a game I watched and gone, these two teams yeah. going toe-to-toe. Arsenal yeah. tried that at the Emirates, but we were just naive, which I guess for the young team you expect, right? 
Liverpool in that game against City, even though you lost that game, you could see like, okay, these guys are on the same yeah. wavelength. And then you beat them in the Champions League all the year before that. So you had the psychological yeah. edge. We just don't have that right now. So you're right. We, we wasted an opportunity in the FA Cup. But hindsight, you know, is amazing because at that time, we, we kind of, you know, rested our players and went on to win the next few games in the Premier League. So, yeah, I, I guess it is what it is at a stage, isn't it? And it's not just a Man City thing. It's also the fact that we don't have their level of squad quality. We have a first team, yeah. very, very, you know, small first team, maybe 11, 12 players that can play. But also, I, I look at, you know, maybe you look at Zinchenko and Tierney and go, there's not much of a drop-off there. But there is, because there's, they're not the same profiles. So yeah. Tierney's a great player, but he's not the profile to replace Zinchenko. And it, it goes the same with a lot of other positions as well. We survived without Jesus. We survived without party at a period of time. But Saliba was our glue. You could almost say he was our Van Dyke in that sense. And, you know, when he came out of the team, we just kind of fall apart. But going back to the West Ham and Southampton games, like, if you were to win both of them games, you could have gone into the Etihad with a different mindset. Like, you could have gone in there yeah. just needing a draw. Mm-hmm. So then maybe then that would have, that would have gave... Because going into the Etihad needing a win, that's a completely different mindset. To just You could just shit house a nil-nil or something. You know what I'm saying? I think ultimately the, the narrative kept changing, really. Like, for me, it was like... Okay, just one game, you know, you win there, you win the league. Okay, cool. But obviously, as you say, a few weeks ago, if we win those, then we don't need to go win there. But I just kept moving the goalposts to kind of fit the narrative, really, which is didn't end very well, of course, when they thrashed us in the end. But but it, the other thing as well is like when you're when you go toe to toe with City, like Babs just said there, if you don't actually go toe to toe them, toe to toe to toe with them, they will just smoke you eventually because they. They don't need to. They don't need to be doing anything different to what they're already doing to keep going forward. If you know what I mean. And Liverpool got to a stage where it was the same, where Liverpool would just repeatedly win. And I said a while ago, I think Babs, you were on a pod. I felt like Arsenal were doing the last minute thing too early, and you can't do that against City. Like you get emotionally exhausted because they don't. They literally play with zero emotion. Um, I think De Bruyne said after the City game, he said um, emotion is good but at the right time. And I think like Arsenal were doing the Reese Nelson thing, which obviously that not only builds the narrative even more, because you start to go like, what has, what year was it when Liverpool had a few last minute moments and still lost the league? And we were going how like, yeah, it, was it was written. 19, for us. Yeah. It was, no, it was 18, 18, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19. Yeah. So we had the Spurs one. Yeah. Lloris yeah. played the road oh, there. I'm yeah. thinking, surely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're going <laughs> like, just don't stop. Li- and the worst yeah. thing is they score in the first five minutes. Like, you go into the game having hope, and then five minutes in, you're just thinking, yeah, let me just hand this off, like, it's done. <laughs> That's the thing, though. They've been scoring early on and late on in games. Like, they scored that Palace... I think that game against Palace was decisive when they gave away a stupid penalty yeah. and then won, because yeah. they didn't look like scoring. And that's kind of been the case in quite a few away games, but obviously, as we alluded to with Gundogan, they just have a player who comes out of absolutely nowhere and does something crazy, and that's it's also been the difference. blood as well. Once it's in their hands... Oh. It's over. Like they're not <laughs> letting go. Bro, it's when you're I, I, in front. That's when, that's when you have the opportunity to take. The way I look at it is at the Etihad when I see Haaland pull his hair down and score against us. I'm like, oh, these guys don't respect them. They don't respect yeah, us. Yeah, they yeah. don't. And you can see what the tweets they put off. That these guys are like, ah, well, you aren't ready just yet. They little brought us. Let's be honest. They little brought us. Yeah. And, and it's hard to say because even. for Arsenal season, right? If we had come third this year uh, and not fourth for the title, but just come third, one top four like that, everyone's praising Arsenal. Going next year, very yeah. excited. We've got a second fight for a title right next yeah. year to fall out of the top four. That's what I'm hearing. Like Arsenal, they're going to have nah, a fall nah, off nah, year. Nah, I think like you've come so far 
And I think like right now, there's so much being made up about the legs have gone and this guy doesn't want it and that guy doesn't want it. When actually, I think you you just, for 30 games, you were actually going full pelt, like 110% just to stay alive in the race. And City weren't. No. And City still have like 30% in the tank, which they'll use at some point next season when it gets really tough again. Um, and you guys just didn't have that next 10, 15, 20%, which is what's required. Like the year Liverpool won the league, and I can only relate it to that year, Liverpool were at like 200% just to stay alive with City um, and just squeezed over the line even then. That's that's like, I think people, there's been too much made up about like they bottled it, they got tired, they shit themselves. And also actually, actually thinking out loud, they probably did shit themselves, but they're really young. Like yeah. City have been doing this year after year after year. Liverpool only won it because they failed so many times. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Because if you, if you spoke to Arsenal fans at the start of the season, say, you're going to compete for a title, you're going to finish second and get Champions League football, and you're going to fail, we'd have laughed at you, right? And that's that's how it is, fans right now. But you're allowed to be disappointed because you saw the dream. Fans were, you know, paying their houses to go and get the Wolves ticket and booking out holidays. Oh, man, those guys. <laughs> yeah, you know, there are people out there that were doing that for Wolves. But look, fans are allowed to get excited and allowed to be disappointed. I get both sides of the things. But I'll tell you what, yesterday, some of the conversations I was hearing outside the Emirates were ludicrous. Ludicrous. I had, a, I had a steward come up to me and said, right, he goes, yeah, it's time for Arteta to go. I said, what are you on about? He goes, but he's bottled it every single year. I said, but look at the context of every single year. He's, he's improved us every year. So you just want to get this guy out now. He goes, yeah, yeah, no, we'll get a winner now. So uh, to be, with, all, with all respect to fans, right? I think they're too narrative based. They too, they see too many articles or, or the wrong podcast, not this one here, and, and they don't really they, they don't really understand what's happening at times. And they, they, they don't want to understand at times. They just want to have a very simple narrative. Okay, these guys bottled it. That's it. It's a very simple life. And if that's how you want to see football, then that's that's fair enough, I guess. I just think, yeah, as you say, they see narratives. I think just all the media when you see talk of Arsenal bottling or you see talk of anything, you know, too young a team or need a serial win or whatever that even means. You know, like it all plays into what fans' emotions are when emotions are the highest and when we start losing games. Whatever you're surrounded by, yeah, kind of subconsciously got a believe in, I guess. Going back to the mentality point, like I was saying, I think like playing in other competitions actually helps you. Like it takes the ma- it mm. takes the mindset of the the, the tat race. That's why City now one one minute they're playing FA Cup, all the all the focus is on that. Then they're back into Champions League mode, so they don't have time to dwell on the tat race. It's just like one game at a time. Let's just roll on. So I think that's what helps you as well. Because even when we were in title races, I think we got to the Champions League final in both years. So yeah. that kind of is like we had a Barcelona on a weekend uh, and Barcelona midweek. So we don't have time to focus on whatever City done uh, in a weekend. So I think that also going to, going out of Europa League could have it could have had a yeah, big. That, uh, that's where Arteta needs to learn. He needs to learn from that. He needs to look and go like, okay, next year I'm not throwing away the Europa League. I'm not throwing away the FA Cup. I mean, the FA Cup was we're up against Man City away from home. It's very mm-hmm. hard to go and win there. But the Carabao Cup against Brighton at home as well. I'm not throwing those competitions away because I want someone else. Because if we had maybe won the Carabao Cup, I think a second, it would have been you know this old United fans are like we've had a better year than you guys, right? Now that oh, that's going, and I can see their point of view. I can okay. see you know if you're a United fan, you're going, I'm finding ways to dig at Arsenal right now. But in my eyes. We've really, really improved, which is factually we've gone from 69 points last year to maybe up to 87 this year. That is what you call improvements. And next year, if you want to win a title, you have to probably get 95 plus points to beat a Man City side. Pep Guardiola has changed the game. He has changed the game. It's given us a taste of a title race as well, which is probably needed. I mean, pre pre Guardiola, we would have won the league easily. 
right? You could have been Easily. imperfect and still won the league. I saw documentaries of United drawing games to Middlesbrough late season and still win the league titles. So Leicester won yeah, with 81 you know, points. It's Guardiola. 81 bro. points. This, this Leicester won. Like, I think we would have won five league titles in a row with that. that time. Just leave Pep, honestly. <laughs> like, pack your bags. Get, get, really go back to Bayern or something. Really like. He was supposed to leave because of these allegations. Remember, he said, I'm staying. I'm staying. Yeah, man. Like, Why did these they lawyers have... should have just. Bro, we, we, need to, yeah. we need to pay the lawyers. They ruined it for us. We need to, we need to fast forward that case. It's got to be something. <laughs> they can't be just perfect. It's got to be something. Listen, but... I I wouldn't be that surprised if they went and got Arteta if he left though. Oh no, no chance, no chance. We got him, we got him locked down. I, I think Mikel Arteta loves Arsenal too much oh, to go to Man City, and unless unless the board wasn't backing him and he wasn't getting the fundings or whatever, then maybe. But Arsenal, he's got full support of the ownership and the fans, you know, and he's getting the money every single year to spend as well. So I don't see why he'd leave Arsenal. Mm, I I do just think like City are so well run they'll have a plan B man like we're all sat here praying they're basically like like Brighton are like baby City like yeah. they've got little things planned City have like the big things planned there's no way Pep goes and they just suddenly they're not crush all the power they're not gonna yeah, crumble yeah. but it's not gonna be the same like Pep there's yeah, a reason course, they man. Yeah. they're, they're, they're gonna go back to like what they were doing with Mancini like one every two years a title every two years Hey, you know what the funny thing is? We never appreciated those times enough. We were like, they're too dominant. Now we're like, please, I'm begging you. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> Man, give someone else a chance. It's almost um, crazy what they're achieving as well. Like, if they get what back-to-back titles, which I think only United have done that. Three, um, three now. Yeah. Oh, three titles, sorry, not back-to-back. Yeah. Uh, then United you've got, twice, obviously, the treble, which is crazy. Treble, they could have treble. gone invincible a few years ago, but for thankfully Liverpool. <laughs> so points. what they're doing is just but Centurions, yeah. As uh Bavs mentioned with their women's team as well when they're under eighteen and under twenty three, the club has just run ridiculously from top to they're bottom. Just cleaning like cleaning up everything. Like they just want <laughs> Manchester City on every single trophy, even if it's under sixes or if it's under 67s, like they want every single trophy. Do they still count as the noisy neighbours or have they just taken over the house? Taken over. I thought I was talking about your house over, you're, you're living in the garden. 10 years, they've, they finished above United. That's more yeah, than noisy yeah. neighbours. They've crazy. smashed and the whole I, house down. And I don't hear these conversations. I don't, conversations. The radar, I don't like, hear these conversations. I always hear London, this colour and that colour. What about Manchester? We'll talk about City's money as well. What about the money United has spent? Like this year, I've seen uh, you know people for, uh, praising the fact they've had a better year than Arsenal. Cool, you can have the argument, but your rivals are about with a treble. What are you flexing, bro? <laughs> That's you're about well, United, your greatest United ever feat well. potentially, and you're flexing at Arsenal. Who's your actual rival? Shameless. It is. It is. Never it is, have I seen more shameless fan base than Manchester United fans. <laughs> <laughs> we beat them hey, seven They're giving me verbal. Like, how can you? Yeah, yeah they went from title contenders to. Could not get top four to losing six three seven nil four nil whatever else in the same season is impressive. It's it's crazy because I remember it's just funny how it's just becoming into a United bashing session. But <laughs> I remember after the Brighton game, United fans were going, "We've had loads of injuries," and I was like, "Brighton just played their best centre mid at right back. They played Welbeck in centre mid, and they've played and they played two kids up front and they beat you one nil. But you're complaining because you don't have two defenders. And Ten Hag just whipped up Varane last week and went, "Listen." Take that injection in the neck, boss. We need you for the last three games. Because <laughs> Varane was meant to be out till the next season. Suddenly, Varane's <laughs> <Yeah>. repaired. <laughs> uh, um, let's let's whip it back to Arsenal. Um, so, I don't know. If, have you seen the Gary Neville tweet? If you haven't, I'll read it to you anyway. Okay, I'll read it to you. I think Arsenal fans are trying to avoid Gary Neville, but unfortunately, I want to I want to read this out because I think 
I don't, I don't know if you guys agree, but if there's, there's not many voices in football that I love listening to, he's probably one of them. Um, but I think there is a theory out there that he doesn't like Arsenal that much. Uh, right. It's... You could see why, no? You could see why. We had rivalries on the pitch. United fans. Yeah. Did, did you, when you were watching the game yesterday, um, like, was, it, was it just me or was there, was there a lot of like, wow, Brighton. Wow, Brighton. I'm loving this Brighton. I was like, they just panned your boys four days ago playing the exact same way. <laughs> I, I was at the game. So I, same, you know, yeah, thankfully, so thankfully, I didn't save, save from that. You know. Paying the money's but... worth it just to not have to listen to that commentary. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot. Has did you watch it? Nah, I didn't, I didn't catch it. I didn't catch it. I was busy. Oh, man. Yeah, there was yeah, a lot I of like, Jason Steele like played a kick out and he's like, he's only played 10 Premier League games. What he's unreal, oh, by oh, the way. unbelievable. He's just, <laughs> unreal. He is crazy. Um, well, people are forgetting as well in the predictions. Like people are saying, ah, oh, he said uh, Man City is going to win the league over Arsenal, but he actually said as well, United is going to finish above Arsenal. Second, like, yeah. he just keeps yeah. moving obvious. Like he puts so obvious like... narratives out and then comes out as a genius when it happens. Like, well done, City won the league. Even when we were at our very top point, there were Arsenal fans who were still like, all right, City are going to win the league. It's not like a genius thing to say United would come second or. I that think type that of thing was is... more the thing that people were annoyed at, yeah, yeah. that he said Arsenal yeah, 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 would finish yeah, below United. There's no logic to it. Like There's just narratives and agendas, and that's when people just we, get frustrated. We were top of the league uh, in November, had gone almost perfect in the first half of the season. He said, I still don't think Arsenal make top four. Didn't he say we'd fall off? <laughs> we'd come closer to yeah, Newcastle, yeah, Liverpool, Newcastle Spurs, Spurs, all that. Yeah, he said closer to Newcastle and Spurs. So, listen, I'm not even going to say much, because I'm not trying to, you know, I'm trying to keep calm and composed, because this guy, <laughs> yo, he's testing my <laughs> limits. But um, yeah, listen, well done. You can bring it to the, one of the best teams of all time to win a title. Here's your cookie. <laughs> I'll, I, Bob, I, I think I've got to know you well enough over the last like few months. I know, like inside you, underneath you. Have you seen the Arthur meme where his hands doing that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, what's happening yeah. right now. <laughs> listen, listen. Um, he's younger, and I want to let loose right now. Yeah, don't I know it? Don't I know it? If you don't know the history of me and Babs, then go back and listen to the first episode we did. Um, let me very quickly read you this tweet. Uh, Arsenal had a great season, but when the going got tough, they struggled. It seems now the narrative is that, city, that it's city strengths. Uh, injuries and a tough running is in the cause. These are normal factors that need pricing into a tight race. Arsenal have dropped 12 points in seven games, won nine points for a possible 21. All the characteristics of it being too much have appeared. Loss of form, giving up leads, energy and legs going, making unforced errors not seen in earlier in the season. Young players becoming tense and losing their freedom of expression and others showing too much emotion when calmness is needed. I understand why we want to use less emotive language in 2023. However, in a high-performance environment, at an elite level, we must still recognise when pressure has taken its toll. That league table below was only seven games and five weeks ago. I hope these Arsenal players are there again one day, if it's not United, and can see through it. I have never seen that many characters used that's in one tweet. I was, tweet. was going to say, that's... Like, are you sure? It's like blue coming through. Was this the morning? Uh, uh, it's 7.59am. He oh, woke oh. up and just went... It woke up before Arsenal, come on. <laughs> morning coffee, <laughs> Arsenal... Right. Bosh. He needed an interaction. No, that's a joke. <laughs> no, nah, to be fair, I don't mind the general structure of the tweet. I mean, a, a young team going, you know, winning the Premier League first time of asking would be pretty incredible. And that's not, you know, excusing us of not doing so. But I don't disagree with a lot he has said there. Obviously, mentally, it's become too tough. We have just run out of steam, unfortunately. And as much as Saliba's injury is really frustrating, we can't have one centre-back injury completely derail the back end of our season like that just can't that can't be of the course. case so I, I don't disagree with a lot of 
we said. Because we've Next seen year. like Liverpool, Liverpool in 13-14, we had that amazing title race. Next year we finished fifth. So and even Spurs, and I think Spurs they 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 went and challenged for the title the next year, but they didn't end up winning it. But still, the next yeah. year will be key. We'll see what Spurs. they do. Yeah, you're right. Spurs, Spurs, sixteen, seventeen is a good good example. They had eighty seven points and mm. finished below Chelsea, and the next year they didn't invest as, as much money and they fell apart. Yeah. And then you, yeah. you look at Liverpool in thirteen fourteen. I think you sold Suarez, your best yeah. player. So oh yeah, God, I don't, I don't expect for Arsenal to sell our best players. I expect for us to invest massive money, and you know we got to go from like eighty-seven points this year to potentially ninety-five. So it's look, it's 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 a mad level you got to be at to win a league title. Look at Liverpool when they won the league in um, 1920. 99 points you had to get to to beat City for a title. It's also why a lot of people PTSD like, people don't like before. this conversation, but people keep referring to that Liverpool team as one of the best to ever play in Premier League history. And for a team to only win one league title and finish second however many times, to be considered one of the best Premier League teams ever tells you the era of Premier League football we're in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I was looking at mid-table early and, and I look back at the, the second or second to last time United won the league and I'm not genuinely not bashing United, but Blackburn and Portsmouth were seventh and eighth. And I remember the football they used to play and it wasn't challenging. It was basic football and one in... Like on a random occasion, they'd win. Now you're going away to Brentford, where Ivan Tony wins every freaking aerial duel, and you're playing Brighton, whose goalkeeper's played ten games and he's a better passer than most players in the Premier League. Like you're dealing with some very like incredible scenarios, and then you're going to like Anfield, and even though the season Liverpool have had, it's still like hell in a cell over there. Then you go into like West Ham, who are fighting for their lives. They're down there. They got a hundred million pound midfielder playing for them. Like the every levels team. are just yeah, it's just. The quality the is better than it's ever been. Leicester. Leicester have got England internationals in Madison in their team and they're about to get relegated. Like These guys would have been comfortably mid-table or top half in years gone before. But now, this, like with the money coming in, the TV rights and all of that, every team has money. Any away day in the Prem from different, 1 to 20 is a difficult game. Ridiculous. Like Bournemouth, for example, no one expected them to be what they've been. Fulham's a difficult away. Brentford, obviously, as you said, like any away you play... Is so much harder than it ever really has been. And this everyone's so, talking yeah. about Estepinian. Estepinian was playing in the Champions League semi final <laughs> last year with Villarreal. Yeah, and Brighton, like everyone's acting like they got him from Venezuela or something. Like this guy is. Uh, yeah, it, it's because like <laughs> Brighton signed obviously quite a few unknown players, but then obviously there's guys that are actually known. But yeah. the moment they sign anyone who hasn't got an English name, they go, "Yo, where did he come?" Like, I'm like I said, it was Lincoln United, for example, <laughs> as well. Uh, um. Also, big up Brighton away. Come on, Brighton. Uh, Brighton, Bournemouth. Come on, Dom Solanke FC. We need you to do us a favour. Come on, Dom Solanke. I would love nothing more than Liverpool to get top four now. I really would. Oh, and, and for one God. United, not 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 the ones up there in, in Geordie. No, other ones. Right? I would love nothing more than that because oh, listen, I can't hear this conversation that a team that's like 10, 15 points behind <laughs> has had a better year than Arsenal. Come on, lads. Got to do it. Chelsea... Chelsea played Newcastle in the last game of the season. If Chelsea are the ones to get us in the Champions League, then... Oh, man. Chelsea can decide a lot. They got United they away. I mean, they could have decided City. Not anymore. Yeah, not yeah. like they were going to get walloped I, I, I'm Newcastle. just praying Todd Bowley tomorrow goes, listen, Maurizio, let's get you in now. Because Lamps ain't doing no beef. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not got the facilities for that right now. Uh, he's got a, like, he, I think Lamps has got a long way to go before he gets to do the Chelsea job properly again. But Mauricio yeah. Pochettino, I, he could genuinely give him some new manager bounce. Todd, if you're the guy, and I know Please. you listen to the pod, give Mauricio <laughs> a call. Get us in the top four because everybody in the country wants to see it. Um, 
Coming back to Arsenal, uh, I saw some more tweets about Arteta and everything. And as I said, this is a crisis intervention and I want to talk about the little tiny details. How much of this season would you say is actually on Arteta? Not the good side, obviously. I mean, the reason you didn't win the league. Five to ten percent. If I don't, I don't know, like I think very little because obviously there's much talk as there is of, you know, oh, he's cost us in elements. He is obviously the sole reason we're in this position and has speed tracked this project so quickly. So I don't like being too harsh on it. I think the main things to be frustrated about are the fact that for me, the second Saliba got injured, Kivio should have played because worst case, you've got a player who spent quite a bit of money on, you develop them more and it's less pressure games, Leeds and Palace was the first game I think it would have been. Palace at home couldn't have a better environment. They've just lost Fiera. They're very down mentally, go one nil up as Simple. Leeds, another who were down there. I think that was a big mistake because replicating dynamics was the biggest thing we could have asked for and needed. And obviously bringing bringing in Rob Holding, unfortunately, just did the opposite of that and did make our life a lot harder. And I think it's hard to talk about depth or lack of depth when we do have some good depth players, but we can either not depend on them because they've not really been given adequate game time or we can't depend on them because they're not good enough, but they're players we've invested in. So I think those are the two main things where you can be a bit frustrated about with Arteta. But as I say, I don't like really, you know, you can very easily be critical of someone without being overly critical, but I don't want to go crazy on on Mikel. Yeah, I think room for improvement is definitely being a little bit more ruthless. Like in key stages of games, he's waited a bit too long to make a sub or he's kept someone on where he shouldn't stay on. Um, and that's, I think, look, that's the area for improvement. So it is that small margin, but it's those small margins that you have to get perfect to beat the robot in Manchester. You just got, you got to have that. And right now, Mikel Arteta, and I also, it's totally justifiable. A manager's three years into his managerial career isn't quite perfect. I don't expect a perfect manager up against Pep Guardiola to win a title in his, in his third year. And if he don't win a title, I'm going, you're, you're a failure. He's improving every single year. So, um, yeah, like just like last year, there was areas of improvement, which he improved upon. There's also those little things now, and it's a lot smaller now going into next season. Yeah, my only thing would be like just learn from your mistakes because we saw last year even holding. Remember the red card against Spurs? Like he was probably one of the big reasons why you didn't get uh, Champions League football. So then in next year to do the same mistake again, like I think that would be the main thing. Just learn from your mistakes, and then you should be fine. It reminds me a lot of Klopp, you know, the loyalty to players is, uh, yeah. I think, a big problem with Klopp. Like, I love oh. Klopp to bits, but. I think well, there's a few things that come into this, right? Like Pep doesn't need to be loyal because he can bin someone off and get someone straight away. Klopp doesn't have that uh, room uh, to make those type of decisions. Yeah. But there's also too much loyalty. Like I think there comes a point where um, I was doing the transfer show and there was a lot of rumours about Oxlade-Chamberlain leaving. Like, I love Oxlade-Chamberlain to bits, but I think he's he's not been fit enough and you can't compete for a league with three fit midfields or four fit midfields when two of them um, are 30 plus and are absolutely knackered like part of the reason they're knackered is because they don't have adequate replacements so it's like a it's a vicious cycle whereas Pep can literally go and this is probably what makes him one of the greatest managers ever he will literally go Cancelo you pissed me off you're off like literally within two days he just got rid of him and said Aki yeah. I know you don't like playing left back Akanji I know you've never used your left foot in your whole life today you will be a left back for me and it's just like that ruthlessness makes him who he is and the difference Even Phil is Foden to an like, extent as instead well. Of qu- like, they have quality depth. They have depth in like players like Foden. He can play midfield, he can play right wing, he can play fourth. Yeah, he can play so many positions. 
Ake, you're saying he can play centre back, he can play left back. So their numbers on the on, like, on the team sheet, you might see there's only like 17 players in the squad, but all these guys can play like five different positions. So even if I they think get not injured, just that as it well, them that much. I think not just that as well, but when you're talking about City only having 17 or so players, I can't remember what stat it was, but I think they've had the least amount of injuries per game. They don't carry players with you know injury prone records and such. You look at that City team, and they've got. I think they've had, what, this season, they had Foden out for a month, they had Diaz out for a few and Stones out for a few. I can't really recall Haaland missed a game, De Bruyne's been in and out as well. I can't really recall them having many injury problems and that comes from them having a squad, but more so 16, 17 players who were ridiculously reliable, versatile, durable and you could just rely on at any point, which is pretty, you know, it's a testament to them being pretty ruthless with players who are quite injury prone. Someone like Calvin Phillips, even who they've signed, they can't even trust him to bring on in the you know 70th minute, which is potentially a bad thing because Rodri plays so much, but he comes on in like the 87th minute, even when they're 3-0 up. And I guess that's all pep all over. That, that's their drop-off, isn't it? That's the worst quality player Calvin Phillips, a £50 million midfielder who starts for most teams in the league. That's, that's, their, like, that's their old Eddie. That's the quality they've got. <laughs> like, how is that's... this fair, bro? Like, what are we up against? <laughs> <laughs> The reliability thing is massive, isn't it? Like, I think that's why maybe Arteta didn't turn to Kiwi earlier because he doesn't, he's not convinced on him just yet. In the end, I think when he did turn to him, he literally was at the end of his tether with holding, and like it, that took like four games of like this, like really terrible performances and outcomes to eventually go, mate, I'm going to have to put this kid in and just keep my fingers crossed that he's all right. And he was all right, to be fair. Um, I did think for the goal, like, I don't like my six-foot-plus centre-back falling over because someone treaded on his toe. Like, that's just me personally. I'm just going, yeah, still on your feet, boss. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, man. There's, but those little tiny details, like, City have probably the greatest depth at centre-back that I've ever seen in Premier League history. Like, Laporte, Stones, Diaz, Aki, Akanji. Um <laughs> like the, all of them five, I don't think I'm. I could be wrong. But correct me if I am. I think all one of, yeah, all of those five would start for every other Premier League team. Definitely, Laporte barely gets a game. Probably so, yeah. Yeah, yeah and he's unbelievable. That's yeah. Laporte, like he can go to That's how it's like, got for City fans. City fans, their agendas or the players they go against are players like Laporte and even like Edison and players like that, and it's crazy. Like that's the luck. Yeah, yeah, like our agenda. <laughs> I think that's what hinders them when it comes to like player of the year battles and stuff. Of course, this year is Haaland is clear, but like there's so many quality players. There's no one that stands out. Here in Liverpool, Mo Salah just clearly stands out. Like he's playing every single week. But them, Pep, Pep will just rotate uh, uh, Rodri. <laughs> Next minute is this guy. Like so, you're thinking this guy's not even that good. Like, he's not even playing, but he's he's amazing. We've seen with Jesus this season. Like look at the difference that he's made. Jesus is insane. Here's a here's a question I was thinking about earlier, and and and, and think this through because I think immediately because we're all it, for the Man City fans. Listen, I'm sorry, man. Like you probably sat here going, "This is just bash Man City." Genuinely, I think that this is four guys in the in the conversation that actually rate Man City so much that I'd be taking this as a respect thing rather than like a a bitter thing. If you were Manchester United, I think it'd be very different. We you've had five minutes of bitterness towards them without any effort. Um, if you gave uh. Pep, the Arsenal bench, and uh, Arteta, the City bench, for the entire entire duration of the season, do you think Arsenal win the league? Nope. Nope. 
Yeah, probably. Really? Oh, that's, that's, no, that's a very good question. It depends. On that. On, are you saying injuries as well? So he loses Saliba, he's got Holden to play? You think Pep Guardiola is playing Rob Holden? Um, <laughs> yeah, he's so I'm saying, a way to adapt. That is true. The yeah. outline of the so the entire season stays the same. The only thing that changes is the benches. So now instead oh, of okay, you, okay, okay. So if, if say you lose Saliba, for example, and you're Arsenal, you now have Laporte to come in. Oh, if, uh, Arsenal win the league. So you're right. Yeah, the quality is a bit too good because when you have got players like Foden and Alvarez, who'd probably be an absolute star at pretty much any top six team or a standout player in there bench players who have runs in the team but aren't really focal it just says it all really doesn't it yeah so but then the argument from city fans was that obviously city have the most uh most quality in their squad etc etc but a big portion as to why they win the league is pep guardiola which i do agree with but my point there was like the two things go in tandem like if you don't give him the resources i don't personally think city win the league yeah, especially that swing enough. as well, like Kuyo to Ruben Diaz. Like maybe if he said someone else, I would have said it's a bit closer. But like Rob Holding, Laporte, like the, the levels are just. just I think yeah. both managers thrive off pretty perfect environments as well in terms of players. So I think you'd basically be bolstering Arteta's options to a high degree and changing Pep's options to players he doesn't know or can't really rely on. Definitely, even with changing, it potentially still be very difficult to adjust and be able to drop De Bruyne, for example, like they've, they've done quite a bit. I know he's had injuries as well, but they've dropped key players and not much difference. That's probably the craziest thing, isn't it? Like that's where I, I was looking at the squad and I was going, Arteta couldn't have at any point actually gone, Erdegaard, you're knackered, let me give you a rest. Like there is nowhere at any point in the season he could have done that because Fabio Vieira is the replacement. He's just not Premier League ready. Yeah. City actually can just take De Bruyne out and I think this is like, for City fans, listen, this is probably the part you don't comprehend because we're like, us four are like the kids that get 10p to go to the shop to try and get a Freddo. And you guys have like 10 pounds and you can buy as many Freddos as you want and as many Kit Kats as you want and other chocolate bars that are available. And so you don't quite comprehend the Freddo fighters. And that's us. And so like when you, when, when you go like, oh, your drop off is like Diaz to Laporte, they're like, yeah, but... Diaz throws himself in the way attackers and Laporte doesn't. I'm like, yeah, but we're com- we're comparing yeah. like com- two completely different things. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that I think need- is like like. Sorry, go on, go on, Ash. I'm saying you need the best of both worlds because like it can't just all be money because we've seen Chelsea this season, Man United like Man United have probably spent more than uh, Man City in the past ten years. And what have they done? They haven't even been in one title race. But decision making all over. Liverpool, like like there has to be a balance. You have to have the money. You have to have the depth. But you also need to have the manager. With the tactics and all of that, so I'm not saying like, it's not all completely Guardiola, and it's not all completely money. So it's somewhere in between, I'd say. Yeah. Um, how do you stop this happening next season? Investment. That's what you do. You got. You got. Now we got to complete our squad. City's squad is more complete than Arsenal right now for a reason. So we just now got to complete our squad now to the stage where we are at that level where we can throw in, I don't know, a Rice or a wide forward for Saka if he's out of form and we can rotate. That's that's the next step for Arsenal. We, in terms of points, though, it's got to be 95, the target, which is crazy, but you've got to target at least 95 points to win the title. I think you've also got to hope the mental side of things not fixes itself per se, because I don't think that's fair, because obviously you're speaking about the last-minute winners and the games where it looks like, OK, Arsenal's going to drop points and... They just never did at that point. 
But I think it is also important that these mentally strong players are that mentally strong and do have that different mindset and can just get over the line and be, you know, that good throughout and in crunch time. And of course, Champions League is another factor as well we haven't spoken about, which will be very interesting because we've not even been in the competition for however long, let alone a title. So it's pretty, pretty an interesting dynamic. I just on that point, Babs, that you said that you need to complete your squad. I, I don't think when Liverpool beat City to the title, Liverpool's squad was complete. No, it wasn't. But you had more like experience, Liverpool was, I'd say. We yeah. had uh, PTSD. That, that's what I was running. I was giving up the juice. <laughs> PTSD, anger, and just like 30 years of just hurt. And also, we had a nice consolation. We won the Champions League after missing out. So it's like, it gave us like, it gave us a little boost. I, I think boost. the idea I have is Liverpool's side was amazing. But our project is a bit different in the sense that we have invested our money, whereas you had to sell a key asset at Coutinho to go and sign Van Dijk and Alisson, right? Where Arsenal's project is different and where you give the, the owners the benefit of doubt is they have been spending money every single year under Arteta to the stage where we've got to this level in the first place. So now you're thinking with Champions League football's attraction and we actually invest money, we can actually complete our squad. So it just goes to show the quality of Jurgen Club in Liverpool that they were able to go win a title the next year by not... I'm pretty sure you signed no one. Going into 1920. So, Adrian and uh, yeah. Harvey Elliott. So no one. Yeah. So, 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 so the, the point is, you, your squad was your your first team was assembled so perfectly <laughs> that you could do that. Our first team is very good, not to the level of that Liverpool side, and therefore we need to supplement about that with the squad being good enough to have the backup players. And look, there are still areas of our first team that I look at. You can improve that area. You can improve that area. Certain dynamics and fundamentals. And uh, I think that's the next stage for Arsenal. It's becoming perfect because you have to be perfect to win a title. Would you Would you be willing to sell, for example, sake? Liverpool sold Coutinho is probably Liverpool's second or third most important player. So Arsenal's probably maybe is that Martinelli, right? So would you be willing to sell Martinelli to do what Liverpool did to fund the other parts of the team? Just for an example's sake. Uh, I mean, if that guaranteed us his Champions League and Premier League title, then uh, <laughs> maybe. I know. But the point is, we won't have to. That, that's what I'm thinking. That's yeah. where I look at. We don't have to do that. We don't have to sell. Like, you guys sold Suarez in 13, 14. We don't have to do that. Because, uh, you know, our owners actually are investing every single year nowadays. So... With that, we we can now be the next team to actually stay with Man City if we do it right now. Because the key thing with Liverpool was you you showed you were at the level and better at times as well, but you didn't have the owners that were able to back you year in year out, a hundred million pounds without spending every single year. Instead, it was oh we, you know we'll give you a little player here, we'll give you Adrian, we'll give you that, and a Klopp was doing his magic, and eventually it was going to fall apart. So Arsenal need to learn from Liverpool's mistakes now and going right. We get to this stage now, how can we now take ourselves to the next level and stay there? And that's constant investment. I think it's even crazy to think that, of course, the talk right now is how big of a summer it is for Arsenal. But when you think about that Liverpool, if they'd sold Coutinho and wasted that 150 million, it's crazy how, like, just thinking about it now, how decisive that window and that sale and the purchases were to what it is now. Like, decision making is so important. I feel like it's the only thing Liverpool fans talk about, to be honest. Like, because <laughs> um, the thing was, Liverpool didn't want to lose Coutinho. I think I'm uh, like Liverpool's front four at that time. Do you remember how it was like Mane, Firmino, Salah, Coutinho? We were like, we win the league just with these four, mate. <laughs> um, the and then obviously he left. And... You can see the balance. Yeah, in there. like we, we can see two and score like five. Like... <laughs> but that's all. That's all we knew until we won the league, basically. Um, 
I I think I think Arsenal will get Rice personally. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that's going to yeah, happen. Are pretty hungry no... for Rice, so why not? <laughs> that's um, Brilliant. You waited the whole pod to use that. <laughs> no, I haven't. I just you came right now. I'm not, no, that's not how you pre plan comment. I'm not noting that down, right? That's this moment. No. It's on his wall. It's on his wall. Is that I'm going to say that in no. the pod today. Um, Hass, one, in yeah, terms yeah. of. Sorry, go on. Right, go on. Yeah, I'll say one thing. Like, Arsenal, like, how much is it going to take to get rice? Like, probably a 90, 100 mil. Maybe 100 mil. Yeah, probably about that, yeah. Mil. We've got some. Is he on the spend is 70? If the, I don't think they can get both him and Caicedo once a while. I think we can't. No, uh, I think Caicedo Rice is unrealistic. No, Caicedo Rice is unrealistic. So it'll be, it'll be Rice on his own, I believe, which you know yeah. is what it is. But Rice on his own is will take, and I think it might be a hundred plus. Like it'll be like eighty plus add-ons to get a hundred. And, and the reason, do you think he's worth that much? Do you think he's worth that much? I, I think in the current market he probably is. When you got Enzo Fernandez going for one hundred and ten or five, the market Are every you... year is becoming more and yeah. more broken. Chelsea. So when you get a Premier League proven 24 year old who's a, who's a captain who's played for his country who's clearly got a lot of qualities like he's versatile he's reliable he's missed one game or two games via injury in like three four years and he's worth 100 million pounds in the current market he probably is now in the previous market it's probably not but with the way the football is going if you don't sign Rice now in a year's time there will be a midfielder that will be hit at his level that will be worth the same, same amount of money so we got to, you know, always bite the bullet now, pay that money and go. It's almost like, I'm not saying he'll be our Van Dyke signing, but when Van Dyke was bought for, for 80 million pounds, people thought, oh, you're overpaid for him. And look at it now. Mm. So we've yeah. got to hope that Rice is our Van Dyke type of signing where it's like, it raises the level of the squad once again. It makes us a bit more perfect and, and it's worth the money in the long run. I think when you pay that sort of money, if you get someone of a ridiculous quality, like for me, Rice is, then it's not really something you're going to be pondering on money-wise. Whereas if he's good, but nothing like amazing, you know, then I just I wouldn't see that being the case. I just mean in a general sense, if you spend a lot of money. No one mentions the money, though. No one mentions the money. Yeah, exactly. Rodri, he was bought for 60 more. I ain't had one person ever speak about that. I think, do you know what it is? People look at, Twitter too much nowadays. They they think if yeah. a player gets slammed on Twitter, people care. In real life, no one cares. No one cares. Yeah. You go to games, no one cares. No one cares how many goals Madrid scored. No one cares about that. You just it's about you know what they're doing for their teams, and I think that's what it is. But nowadays, people are too scared that if their signing comes in and goes seven games without a goal, he's going to be memed zero zero seven. It's a blame like, game. They, 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 like they're yeah, saying you done it to Pepe. Yeah, it's just Madrid, it's so like, it's so petty. It's all it's very, petty. it's very petty, yeah, but it's end of the day, you have to realize the people behind those accounts are children, the kids. They're, you know, they're, they're still in the playgrounds, they're still, you know, they still got recess and stuff like that. <laughs> recess, you know, lunch. Um, all right, very quickly, how soon as I've got you in here, we have to chat yeah. very quickly about Liverpool. We're recording this before the Leicester game, yes. but this, this actually goes out after the Leicester game, so. Uh, if I'm you, I choose your words carefully. But if you want, you just go uh, for it. I'm nervous, um, man. I am shitting it, honestly. Because <laughs> like <laughs> the previous games, like we didn't really have any pressure. Like I was like top four is gone, all of this. It probably still is gone. But with Newcastle, they've got Brighton coming up. They've got Chelsea coming up, and I can't remember who's the other game. I think it might it might be Leicester as well. Uh, it is Leicester, I think. It's Leicester. I'll have a quick look for you now. I think so. Yeah, so they can easily drop points. So. That would be the worst thing, like to see them drop points and then us not capitalize. And also last year, the same ground, Salah missed the penalty, it ended up costing us. Like if we had that two points more, we could have won the league. So it's just like PTSD, man. We just, 
Newcastle play Brighton, Leicester, then Chelsea away on the final day. I'm just thinking Chelsea away final day. Lampard's last, probably might, might be his last ever game as Chelsea manager. Get, Chelsea will get a result, I'm sure. Yeah, Chelsea. that's the one that I think they'll get a result in. And then it's Brighton. They also play Brighton in three days' time. Yeah. Or four days. Three days' time, yeah. So, I don't that know, man. The so, Europa League. It could. Uh, yeah. The home is there. They look amazing against Leeds, so... They looked amazing, did you say? They didn't look amazing against Leeds. Yeah, they're, they're slowly faltering a little bit. They're starting to falter a little bit. Um, but then, at the same we time, we're going Liverpool. Are... Yeah, but that's the... if Liverpool win the last three games, they will have won nine straight games yeah. by the end of the season. That's like nearly title-winning form, like legit. Like that's that's crazy form. So I think Liverpool are also going to drop a point somewhere, and that's why I think it'll, the cookie will probably crumble. Um, I'm a realist though, bro. Like I, I like to say at the end of it, oh, yeah. I told you so. You know, <laughs> nah, um, <laughs> I'm that guy. I, like, I just go on a ride. If we lose, we lose. If you don't, we don't. Like. Saint Mary's we before it leaves the prem has got like, one I'll, more, I'll one more store, <laughs> one more install, one more install. Final day of the season. Saint Mary's. I'll just be. Oh, bro. <laughs> It was like an empty stadium in their last game against yeah, Fulham. Not... That's that's going to be a home game for Liverpool. Once we have it, once we have to the team that allowed you to get to, you know, Van Dyke, Lalana, those players there. This team, <laughs> you know, it was a part of your success. We'll play in the EFL Cup next year. We'll give you a little win there, right? No, yeah, yeah. Aside. You can't let them just go with nothing. Carvalho, make a big on them. What has happened there, man? He scored right. that last minute winner against Newcastle and hasn't have touched the pitch since. Because like where like, he's not he's not a winger. I, I, me, I was even surprised when we signed him. To be honest, like he's not a false nine. He's not a winger. I can't see him being yeah. a cop midfielder. I think we just bought him. He was a free transfer, or was he? Or was he a tribunal or something? He was like seven million in yeah. like the well, I, I don't know what it's called the tribunal fee. Him, I think. To be honest, like, as bad as it sounds, I think we just saw a cheap young player. We can get <laughs> cheeky twenty mil profit or something. Easy cash. I I just think I think there was a period in the season where Liverpool were really struggling. They could have chucked him in, like we give him some game them, time. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's, that's just a... was getting games. Like, but I don't, honestly, yeah, I don't know. Or he's done a Zaha Moyes and done something to cost. <laughs> 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 um, very quickly before I let you go um, Babs I'll start with you two signings this summer that Arsenal need to become title contenders I know you want more but give me two uh, Declan Rice obvious one um, and then, uh, they want to sign two midfielders so it's about who's, who's the other one going to be surely you need a striker man yeah, like, yeah, I, I, I know that. you love Jesus but he he's just not clinical enough to win you a league title yeah I mean the, the thing is that this year uh, we've scored enough goals to win a title it's just the defence has fallen apart Mm. So that's why I'm looking at that's the area first. That's been our weakness. It's not been goal scoring. We've made a lot. We've made sure. a lot of chances. It's just that we can't. You know, we're not solid enough defensively. So I'd actually maybe go for a, maybe a right back, centre back before a striker, because I don't want the holding scenario next season. So I probably send a right back. Um, and if you give me, if I give you a name, I mean, there's a guy we're trying to sign from RB Leipzig, which I'm not familiar with right now, so I can't really say his name. Uh, Jacques Cancelo, I've heard as well. I don't know. So uh, Rice plus a right back, centre back. I'll, I'll go Mark Wehi for now, but it, it will change definitely throughout the summer. I think Bukiele, I think, is that. No, no, no. He's, Simican. He's, is Simican, yeah. Need oh, to do some research on him. Bukiele's got to be the, 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 These days, I'm much more of a fan of like 
oh, we are going to sign that guy that nobody's heard of because that means someone's doing their job well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want to hear Cancelo. Like, I know everything about Cancelo and he ain't the guy anymore. <laughs> you don't want him if you want to win a league. Go, go find some Paraguayan guy who we've never heard of. Like, he's the guy. <laughs> yeah, I think Arsenal will invest big. And like Allison, Allison was known, right? But he wasn't. He wasn't like Van Dijk level yeah. of known. He wasn't Premier League mm. level. It will invest big in a Premier League player like a Rice, and it will be a, like a out player outside of Europe, also outside of, of England, and it will be someone that fans not quite, quite sure of, but it will be a, a massive signing and hopefully raise the level again and help us get to ninety five points next season and maybe win a title. Go on, Matt. Who do you want? On the topic of you saying that you think we'll sign someone a bit left field or someone who you know, fans will love in the end. I just have a feeling we might go for Zubamendi. I mean, there's been a lot of links to him. I haven't really watched him play, I'll be honest. I really watched La Liga, but he's Spanish. I think Sociedad is Arteta's home. I'm not sure. Like, he has affiliations yeah, with with it. And it just screams Rodri 2.0, but for Arsenal. And uh, I guess if he wants to say in Spain, obviously that's different. But there was a lot of talk in January and there's been a bit of talk as well in the summer. So we'll have to wait and see if that escalates or not. And, I don't want to be generic and just say Rice and Caicedo, but I also do because, of course, the comment about a striker is very valid. I mean, obviously, as you say, you know, he's potentially not the one to, I guess, be that clinical finisher. But I think when you see a team who's conceded more goals at home than Nottingham Forest and has kept so few clean sheets at home and have scored, what, two to three goals at least a game for however long, with the exception of yesterday in City, I don't quite think it's the... uh, offensive side which is the problem and I think as well I don't just want to get a nine for the sake of it the only nine who is the absolute no-brainer fair enough you throw everything at is Victor Rossi man but I just don't think that's not what I thought you were going to say who did you think it, never I was saying I was going to say Vlavic because I don't think you get anywhere mm. near Rossi man I'm not I'm not a fan of I, well not a fan that's a lie but I, I don't think he's that guy to take us so I wouldn't want to just spend a lot of money on a nine who I'm not that sure on Osman, as I say, is the only one. So I'll, I'll say Rice and Zubamendi because that's what I think we'll go for. Rice and Caicedo, but I think Brighton will just play proper hardball with Caicedo, with McAllister probably going to Liverpool. Apparently, De Zerbi said yesterday, I don't know how true these uh, quotes are, but he said uh, players are going to leave maybe Caicedo and McAllister. So um, I, yeah, I've, I have a, a feeling. Tag. They've, they've yeah, I think every player has their price, but they'll demand if, if they get rid of Mark Allister for what like 60 70 I think it is something 60, along those 70. lines well Has didn't you say you don't want McAllister for 70 million no 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 no, that's not me well, oh, 70 million that's a... it's a lot of money <laughs> but Premier League I feel like I've seen you say that on Twitter no no no, no, no. I, said, I said we definitely need McAllister alright who's, someone, who's someone your someone was saying we don't need him and I was like nah we definitely need him okay okay I'll, I'll let you I'll two let you is not enough um, can you give me three Simon <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you three. Listen, we're, we're in a begging situation, Arsenal or not. Yeah, these guys just need a little step up. But for us, we need to revamp that whole midfield. Like Our midfield is, is completely finished. And how many midfielders are, are leaving? We're seeing Milner is going to Brighton. don't know how he's got that move at 37 years old, but he's going to Brighton. Ox is gone. Ox is gone. Carvalho might Ox leave is going. So we've got like two midfielders left. One of them is Thiago. The other one is Fabinho. Like, come on. We need we need serious help. So me, I would go for Mason Mount first. Yes, sir. On the right-hand side. Imagine a tr- yes. trio of Mount, Trent. He sees what I'm seeing. It's different. <laughs> it's, and then I would have McAllister as well on the left. Like, you see where Jones is playing currently. 
They're like left mm. off space or whatever. I'll bring him in. Then a six. I don't know. It depends. If we have funds, ideally I'll take Caicedo. But you know, I'm hearing Ogate's cheaper option. It depends. But why not a centre back? Why not? We a need centre-back? a centre back as well. But he's he's had only three. Yeah, but you've <laughs> got three. Surely you could go two midfielders. What's that? We need our midfield. I think is more because Robertson. He can play that left back centre back role. It's not ideal, but the midfield Fabinho cannot stay another season. You can't win Fair a league or do anything with Jones in there. And then Henderson. I know he's the captain, but Mason Mount is just another one. So what's your goals next year? Is it to fight for a title? Definitely. Okay. We'll see you then. Definitely. Because <laughs> <laughs> now, look, we, we won, it's, we've changed our system. If we do win our, the rest of the game, we've won nine games in a row. That's the, that's, that's the title form. We've taken that into the next season. Get some new Fair additions. Enough. But Bav just did the clop. Next season <laughs> final in Istanbul, book the tickets. I did not say that. I did not Listen, say one thing I, will, I know for a fact: at least ten thousand Liverpool fans actually did book their tickets when he said that. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're watching uh, Madrid against AC Milan or City against Inter, whatever. Um, right, gang, thank you very much for that. Um, I'm surprised at how how well behaved everyone was because I know after Liverpool lost the league title to City, I was like in pain the next six days, and every podcast or whatever I hopped on. I was raging and I couldn't hold the, I couldn't hold the, the temper back. Um, but yeah, as for, the, for you guys listening, make sure you follow the guys on socials. The links will be in the description on YouTube uh, and also on the Spotify and anywhere else that you listen to the podcast and make sure you drop the podcast a like as well and drop a five stars and we'll see you. Uh, I believe same time next week, we've got a couple of bonus episodes coming. We're working on a few quizzes with the box to box guys as well. So there is loads of content coming your way. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.